But as you can see, man, this is the opportunity that we have to hear from the team that went to Hungary. And I'm so thankful, aren't you, to be a part of a church that cares about getting the gospel to the whole world. This church has responded very, very well. So many of you have given sacrificially. Many months ago, we took up an offering. We raised money to help sponsor all these kids. What you saw in the slideshow was just real ministry, real ministry going on. And, and you know, this summer, starting in July, we have had this series, and, and the series slide was up earlier about look on the fields. And the theme was John chapter 4 and Jesus with the woman at the well, and, and he's talking to his disciples after that whole encounter, after she gets saved, goes and tells the townspeople they're coming back, hey, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. And we talk about missions a lot around here, and you know, you might think it's my fault. It's actually the Lord's fault. He's interested in missions. And you know, sometimes we emphasize a lot training and preparation and, and trying to see if God will stir some of your hearts to surrender your whole lives to go be missionaries. And when that happens, that's a beautiful thing. But the truth is, for most of us, that's not going to happen. But that does not relieve us of our responsibility to be a part of missions. Amen? And so I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of all the team members that went and participated, took their time, raised their money, went on this trip, and you're going to hear from them today. So for weeks leading up to this week, we've had visitors. We've had other missionaries and I know how you think. I've been in your position. I know that sometimes you're sitting there listening to these missionaries that come in and serve in different places, and you're thinking, well, praise God for those guys, but, you know, they're a little weird. Um, you know, they got like an extra chromosome or something. I mean, they're not normal. Um, no, that's not the case, obviously. And what you're going to hear is just, just home folks, just our people who decided we're going to do this. And uh, so the way we're going to look on the fields today is to hear from our people about some of the things that God did through this week. Now, I wish, I really wish that y'all weren't as worried about lunch and the rest of your day. We could stay here for like three hours or more and hear from every single member. We just don't have time for that. So we selected a few. And what I'm going to do, I'm just going to give the list of the names. And in a minute, I'm just going to pray, and then we're just going to start. And the guys are going to come up. And you're going to hear from five different people. First, we're going to hear from Rodney Stevens. Then after that, Andy Ireland. After that, Landon Thompson. After that, Jody Barr, and after that, Brooke Horvath. And each one has a unique experience and story to tell about what God did in them and through them for the glory of God. And my prayer for us today, this morning, y'all, is just that you will not just be happy for them, that you will not just be happy for the kids who got saved, and a lot of kids got saved, praise the Lord, but you will let the Lord speak to your hearts. You will let the Lord have you to lift up your eyes and look on the fields through their stories and consider what your role might be tomorrow and the next day and the day after that. You may never surrender to be a career missionary. You may never actually be physically able to leave this country and go on a mission trip. But you can see through their eyes. You can pray fervently. You can give sacrificially. You can be a part of helping get the gospel around the world. And that's my prayer for all of us. So as Rodney's about to come up, let me just pray for us and we'll let him just start us off. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you and we ask in your holy name that you would do what you have been doing in our hearts all this month. And that is sharing with us the vision for the world that you have. And Lord, for these young people, these orphan kids that heard the gospel in Hungary, what a privilege and a blessing it has been for us to be able to be a part of that. Thank you. Thank you for letting us do that. 
Now I pray that you'd bless Rodney and Andy and all the others that will come and share, and I pray that you would help us all to see exactly what you want us to see. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, Rodney. Uh, good morning. Man, it was such a blessing just to go to Hungary and be part of this uh, just huge, huge trip, this huge camp for all these kids. And, you know, at first, before we even went on a trip, you know, I'm, I'm, I really don't like kids. <laughs> I, got, I got two of them. I like my two kids. But, you know, I, I'm just not a kid person. So this, this has really opened my eyes, and it's really changed me in a great way. Uh, when we first got there, you know, when the kids started, like, you know, pouring in, just carload after carload, busload after busload, it was kind of a little nerve-wracking, like, what do we do? What do we do, you know? And we just did everything we could to try to make the kids feel loved, make them feel welcomed, and, you know, help them with their bags, whatever we had to do. And, you know, the language barrier was there, and it was tough. But luckily we had translators. I mean, that helped, but it, it's still kind of frustrating. And I, I know the first thing that I really tried to do, uh, just to try to connect with the kids, is we went swimming, and I started throwing the kids in the swimming pool. <laughs> okay, I, I just picked them up and started throwing them in, and then next thing you know, they picked me up and started throw, throwing me in the pool. <laughs> so it was great. It was fun. And, you know, I'm 34 years old. You know, got these old 14-year-old kids just manhandling me and tossing me in there. But regardless, it, it was a way to connect with the kids. And, you know, I, I really formed a bond with this one. His name was Attila, and he had a little brother named Marky. And, you know, just, just throwing him in the pool and, you know, them kids in the pool, that, that was, you know, it was something so simple, but it really kind of kicked it off. And the very first night when we had our breakout session, uh, you know, Kale just preached on, like, who God is, and then I, we handed out Bibles to everybody. And Attila actually comes up to me the very first night, and he asks me, do you understand the Bible? And I, I told him, yes, I understand the Bible. It's like, how do you understand the Bible? Okay, he already had questions the very first night. And, you know, I was just able to explain to him from First uh, Corinthians chapter 2 how God gives us the Holy Spirit and gives us understanding and allows us to understand his word. And he's like, okay. And he just kind of goes off in his own little way, you know. But that just led me to continue praying for Attila more and more throughout the week. And I could already tell that God was working on him. And it was Wednesday. We were actually on a field trip. And, we, you know, we were, we were going to uh, several different places. And he come up to me again, had a translator, and he asked me about when I got saved. So I was just able to kind of share a little bit of my testimony with him. And then I asked him if he was saved, and he says, yes, I used to go to church with my grandma all the time. And then he just kind of sped off, and he left. And I'm like, okay, well, that's weird, but, you know, he's still thinking. He's still asking questions, but, you know, continue praying for him regardless. And Thursday night, or might have been actually, yeah, it was Thursday night, I believe, we handed out the Evangel Cubes, and, you know, we just really, really poured out the gospel to these kids. Uh, and... I was actually leading the breakout session that night, and, you know, I was just talking to him about how salvation's a free gift, and we'd just be foolish to not take advantage of this, and it's right here, and the the offer is on their plate. You know, it, it's right in front of them, and, you know, we went through the Evangel Cube again. We explained it again, and then we asked after we were done, you know, if anybody 
wants to accept the Lord Jesus, if anybody's interested, stay after this and talk with us. And three kids after that, we had 10 kids in our group, and three kids after that stayed. And Attila was one of them. Luckily, you know, I've been praying for him all week. I really had hope for him, but he was one of them. Another one was Boti, and another one was Chris. And all three of them, I was able to lead those kids through a salvation prayer. I just, I just told them that they got to they gotta confess their sins, and, you know, they got to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. And they all did it. They all said their own prayer, each one of them, and they went through and they accepted the Lord. That was awesome. You know, it was just great to be part of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm still connected with some of these kids on Facebook. And Attila, you know, he was just messaging me the other day, just telling me he's been praying for me. And I'm just like, you know, that is awesome, man. You know, and really, I, I don't think any of this would have mattered if we would not have been able to go out and just share the love of God with them. And we, we could have spoke as many words to them as we possibly could. But if we could not have went there and just stood by their side and just loved them, just played with them, just showed them that we cared for them, was going to forgive them for making mistakes. And we've had that happen several times there with them. That was the most important thing, you know, and I really like to think of it as, you know, God can tell us he loves us, but because Jesus on the cross and dying for our sins, he showed the love in action for us. And that's how we know God loves us, because of what he did for us. So everybody that went on this trip, they played their part. They stood by these kids, and, they, man, they, they loved them. We loved them, and, and we showed it. We expressed it to them, and I really think that is the impact that we were able to have on these kids' lives. And, you know, that, that's something I can bring home with me because, you know, I like to share the gospel with people, but if I can't show people or if I can't show my kids or other people's kids and express that love towards them, why would they even think of listening? So that, that, that has really hit me all week. And I've been thinking about that. And, man, I just, I just want to continue to grow. And I want to continue to just love each other. And I want to continue to love the lost people. So that way they're going to be apt and open to hear the gospel. I like to stand in the middle. Um, my name's Andrew Ireland, in case anybody doesn't know me. Um, bear with me when I get nervous. I talk really fast, so I'll be done in like a minute here. Um, I just, to help me calm down, I just want to explain a few of those pictures you saw me in. Uh, with Rodney and I, uh, and that girl's name was Tamara, and they say pasta as tasta, right? Got that right? Um, but she thought it was hilarious when we'd say spaghetti. So we'd make a big deal saying spaghetti around her, and then it turned into spaghetti O's. So it was always, anytime she said spaghetti, it was, oh. And so that's what that was. The pie in the face. Does anyone know uh, what Ronald Reagan did before he was president? Yeah, I knew that too, but I was told I had to get that question wrong and then get the pie in the face so the, so the little girl could win. Um, <laughs> and she, it, my nose hurt too because she just punched me in the face. Um, so now that I feel better, I just want to say, when this trip was announced, Kale talked to Tara and I about it, and, and I'm, I don't like to travel. Um, it, it's not my thing. I don't like to go far from home. I, I like Tuscarawas County, um, you know. So, and I don't travel well because big guy in a little plane, you know, it's like, <laughs> so, <laughs> it, so we, we took a long time to pray about it. And honestly, maybe we weren't just trusting God because, long story short, as soon as we surrendered 
to what God was telling us to go do, then we could see God work. Um, sometimes maybe, uh, you know, me personally, it's like, man, God, where are you working? Why can't I see? Well, maybe I can't see it because I'm just not surrendering what he's telling me to do. Uh, so he told us to go on this trip. And, and what Rodney was saying, the thing that God really showed me was he's working. He's working over there. He's working many places. He's working here too. But I just need to go join him where he's working. And like with the message and stuff, like what we had to go over and tell these kids, the power's in the message. Not, not my speaking, not, not, not Jeff speaking, not Rodney speaking, not anybody else in the group. The power's in, in the message, in the God that stands behind it. And very simply, we just went over to tell these kids that. Um, and, and I saw it all week. You know, God would move, Satan would counter, and God would counter his counter because you know, God's obviously more powerful than Satan. And even in the problems that came up, I mean, we're having problems, and problems turn into kids getting saved, and that's just, <laughs> that's just incredible. Um, e- even working with me, he had to, he had to get me to a place where I would fail in my flesh, and I would make mistakes, and I would mess up, so the spirit could work, because, I mean, this was summer camp, and, and Tara and I, we go every year with Ignite to summer camp, and we love it, um, so honestly, that part wasn't too scary, because it's like, this is just summer camp, summer camp, they, they speak a different language, but it's summer camp, um, but, but no, because that leads into me, like, just doing it myself, and then, oh, yeah, no, wait, I failed again, now God, not, you know, God can take over, and, and that's when, that's when cool stuff starts happening, um, one of the really cool things was, because it was summer camp, the kids have rooms, and we were supposed to have our own room, and not be in rooms with kids, um, but they, they didn't have enough of their adult workers to be in all the boys' rooms, so Rodney and a translator were in a room with, with a group of boys, and Landon Thompson and I were in a room with a group of boys with no translator. So every night before we went to sleep for about 20, 30 minutes, we had a great conversation with these Hungarian guys, and I'm not really sure what we talked about, but it was really good. Um, and the English they did know kind of came from, from rap music. Uh, so they would just yell things out, and it's like, nem, nem. The, the, uh, you know, what's up is okay. What you said after that is not okay. Um, but really, the whole trip for me came down to seeing, seeing God work, not because I was anything special. You know, I just did what he told me to do, and I got to be there while he did the work. You know, I surrendered to him, so I got to be a part of it. I'm, I'm you know, it, like I said, it's the message. It's not the speaker. Um, but I just want to share with you, I, you know, I'd get up, I'd read, and I'd pray, just like at home, and I was keeping a journal of the trip, and I just want to share with you what I wrote on Friday morning. I said, I'm hoping to have a conversation with Chris and Mark today about salvation because they were the guys that were in our small group kind of seeing, seeming to be receptive. And just long story short, it was probably three hours later, um, Mark and Chris and Kevin, who I didn't even mention, they're my brothers in Christ now. They, they, chose, they chose to, res- you know, to, to accept. And so, yeah, the plane was uncomfortable, the food was a little different, you know, it wasn't my bed, it wasn't my bathroom, it really was a, it wasn't a hard trip, it was just different, it was out of my comfort zone, out of everybody's comfort zone, I'm sure, um, but it doesn't matter, because those three guys, lots of other guys and girls, and I don't know what the whole count was, um, but they will, f- you know, they will spend eternity, not, not because I went over and said something cool, but because God worked, and I just, he asked me to go help, and I got to be there, um, and, you know, Tara's not up here, so I just want to share one really cool thing. That, that girl, Tam- Tamara, um, she had just been praying before we left that God would give her one 
one girl to really connect with, and he did, and it was Tamara. Uh, she hurt her ankle like on Tuesday, so Tara went over and just talked to her and just hung out, and that's how the whole spaghetti thing started. Um, and then after Tuesday, she was just like attached to Tara, and it was really cool, and, and she's been Facebooking and, and calling a little incessantly. Um, <laughs> they, they forget about the six-hour difference. Um, but ev even Tara, not because her, not because her excellency of speech or anything like that, but on, uh, also on Friday, she got to lead Tamara to the Lord. So there's another sister in Christ, just because God's good, so I don't care, you know, like, okay, so I think last week you might have prayed for us, because we were, at this time, still on a plane, and we were on a plane. Sunday was on a plane. We were on a plane. Um, I don't care about that, you know, that's just a temporary inconvenience, and, and people got saved, and that's all that really, really matters, so... Your guilt. That means good morning. So, uh, going on into my senior year, I knew I wanted to go on a missions trip somewhere, wherever. And when I first heard about this camp, I'm like, I really want to go. So I started praying about it a little bit, and there were a couple couple barriers that I wasn't sure if, if I would be able to go. One was money, and the other one was work. So I worked with my dad, and I was already missing a week because of church, our first church camp. So I'm like, I got to ask for like another eight, nine, ten days off, and so I wasn't sure about that and, and how he would respond, because he loves that I, I get to go and stuff, but uh, just missing another week of work, and we only get like three months out of the year, so I was praying about that, and, and one day, I hadn't even talked to my dad yet about the, the trip, and one day he called me, and I forget what we all said, but he just said, uh, man, I'll, I'll, you can go on the trip, it's no problem at all, and he also said, I'll pay for it, which I was like, whoa, that, that's awesome. So at the time, I didn't think a whole lot of it, but now, just looking back, I can see it's just an answer to prayer, and uh, it reminded me of Psalms 37, 4, and 5, which says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of thine heart. Commit thy works unto him, trust also him, in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So just just that whole whole verse, it just it's just a great reminder of that uh, if you have a will to do it, and, and God wants you to also, He'll, he'll make a way. So that was, that was my first, that was before even camp even started. So at the camp, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a great week with our, our team, and it just, everybody had their own part. And it was just like another church camp for me, uh, except kids didn't speak the same language, which was definitely, definitely interesting. I've never done that before, but it was, it was pretty sweet to just hang with the kids and love on them. Um, one of the stories that I'll, I'll share is, there was a kid, uh, his name was Victor, and he had probably been the most disruptive kid all week. He was a bear, and I, I got a couple words said to me that I don't usually get said to me, but it was whatever. So uh, the one day I was sitting next to him in a translator, and I asked him, like, man, what are you, you learning anything this week? He's like, no. I'm like, I'm like, all right. So I'm like, I just started talking about, like, what happens when, what do you think happens when, when he dies and stuff? And he's like, He's like, I don't really know. There's probably probably a hell and, and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but there's also a heaven. I was speaking through change later. And he said, he's like, okay. He's like, how do you get to heaven? I'm like, all right, this is cool. So I said Romans 10, 9, and 10. And I said, believe and confess. And then I'm like, well, he probably doesn't know any of the story. So I went back, went through the whole gospel, and it was just a cool opportunity. He did not end up getting saved, but I uh, just 
it was just sweet because I've never really given the gospel, like the whole gospel to someone before. And it was just a great experience. And just he was really resp- he was really listening. And you could tell that he was he was intrigued. And it was just cool to see that even even the people that you think there's no way they're ever going to listen, like he listened. And maybe someday, maybe it was a seed planted and he'll uh, he'll come to know Jesus. I'm praying for him, though. Um, so yeah, it was, it was an awesome week. I had a lot of fun, and if I could go back, I would definitely go back. So that's it. Thank you. Well, just like um, everybody else, you know, they're sharing from their heart. Well, I share with my heart too, but I'm going to write it down. I wrote it down, so I'm going just going to read it to you guys, and so hopefully you could get the heart from it. Um, first off, Gail had asked me if I would share this morning about the trip to Hungary, and he said, you only have five minutes. Well, people who know me, five minutes is not <laughs> enough, a long enough time, so, but here I go. Um, first off, I would like to say a huge thank you to all of you, first off, who have prayed for us, and that uh, either prayed or gave uh, financially so that we can go. Because um, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we did. Um, and so you guys have your reward, and you have your um, rewards coming to you because you guys had your hand in on this too. Um, second of all, I wanted to thank the Lord for giving me the opportunity to serve with this team. I have seen the church body come um together for one purpose and to reach out to the children you know I think of the church body you know is this not this building and is this not FBC you know we had people from Kansas City there we had people from Wildwood there and we was all one big team and we each one of us had a part to do had a part to share and so that was just really awesome just to see the whole body being together and working out and then um it was also really neat just to see um my daughter Katie and her husband, Randy, being able to share, along, to serve alongside of them. My daughter, if you know her, she's very quiet and very shy until you get to know her. And she's a very picky eater. And so <laughs> um, it just blessed my heart the first day um, I was part of the team that helped register the children um, to get them registered in. And I looked up, and here comes Katie with the whole bunch of kids and it just brought tears to my it just blessed my heart knowing that she stepped out of her comfort zone to come and serve and reach out to these kids and it was no no um I want to say that um no coincidence with Katie and Rodney because the love they showed to these kids and the examples they led, I mean, they just blended right in with those kids. It's just like they were just one of those kids. I mean, every part, every person on the team was just like that, you know, just loving on them. Um, my part of the trip was to teach the younger children. I didn't get to have, like, a lot of one-on-one with the children, um, but I was able to share and reinforce of what Kale was speaking on you know, like speaking about how God is holy and how God created us. And, and so the first day, we was able to do a big craft on making a creation book with the kids and um, just seeing them, how they just loved um, working on the crafts, you know, um, and just being able to do, uh, share about um, our, our sin and, and doing a little craft about the Garden of Eden and um, doing um, the bridge with 
Jesus being the only way. And so even though I didn't get to do one-on-one a lot with them, I was able to share with them, and that was the big thing for me. And the language barrier was really rough. Um, <laughs> I have a hard time speaking English <laughs> and pronouncing my words. <laughs> so learning Hungarian was kind of hard, and we had a little cheat sheet. Nicole from Wildwood made up a little cheat sheet for us. And one side was all English on how to say, like, good morning or good afternoon. And then next aisle was Hungarian, plus with the pronunciation of in Hungarian. So I'm sitting there on, um, on a cement block, the picture you saw up there, with a little girl named Vanessa. She said, I learned English, you learn Hungarian. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, it was just such a joy just sitting there and just breaking the ice with her. Um, and she said it real good in English, but me on the other hand, no. <laughs> and then another little girl came up and she said, she pronounced it outright. And so then I was able to say it. And I still can't say, she tried to get me to say swimming pool. And I can still cannot say swimming pole. Um, it's me son on or something like that. I don't even know. But anyway, it was a joy just talking with them and just sharing with them. Um, and then one thing that God um, worked was with um, God blessed me. I've got a, I had a knee replacement a few years ago. God used that knee replacement to share the gospel with a lady. Well, guess what? This knee replacement is a blessing in disguise. Um, he allowed me to share with one of the workers. And uh, we were just sitting there having a conversation about, um, she was having, talking about how she was in a real bad car wreck and how she um, had surgery on her knee. And it's the opposite knee that I had. And so um, we ended up turning that conversation into a spiritual conversation. And we got to share the gospel with her. But she had already accepted the Lord. I made sure, I went back to Romans 10, 9 and 10 and said, have you done this? And with smiles on her face and her head shaking, because yes, Queen Jody, yes, Queen Jody. The whole queen, queen thing is that we went on a field trip and we um, went to the small castle. And I'm not sure about the uh, it's knights and uh, throwing archery and stuff like that. So they just um, had to pick a king and a queen. So they chose me. <laughs> and I loved every minute of it. Everybody said I did the part right. That um, I'm sitting there and I'm just going... You know, whenever they come and bow down to you. <laughs> so I guess I played the part right. So um, they kept calling me Queen Jody. So that's what the queen was all about. So um, it was just really fun and really exciting just to be able to talk and to share with the kids and the workers. And the translators were just awesome. Um, I was able to have one to myself while we're teaching and um, just being able to get together with them and talk to them. And then Another thing, one big thing is that Rex didn't go on this trip with me. And that's a big deal to me. God had to use this trip. He's been using me since my mother-in-law passed away. I'm just so used to picking up the phone and talking to her and talking to Rex about everything. And so God just used this trip for me to say, Jody, you need me. You need me. I need to rely on him for everything. And it, it, God showed himself to me through that. So um, thank you, Kale and Brooke 
and Pastor Jeff for everything that you guys done and what you guys teach us and for allowing us to be able to go on this trip. So thank you. My name is Brooke Horvath. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I am Kale's wife, and I am just very nervous to speak in front of people, so just bear with me. Sorry. <laughs> and um, uh, so Kale and I, it was really cool. We got to actually spend two weeks um, in Hungary, and so that was just something that was completely different, being out of, you know, your normal and just not even being able to necessarily speak to everybody that's around you because of the language barrier, um, but it was just so awesome. Um, through those two weeks, there was so much that God has taught me personally um, that I can't even begin or have enough time to even tell you. Um, one of the main things is that um, God just deepened my my love for this country and for these people, and I can't even begin to explain to you like the the passion and the fire that that God has put in my heart for this place to want to go over there and and help these people and and share God's love and God's gospel and and just everything that I have here with these people that don't know. And, um, man, I just, I can't wait even now to go ahead and go back and be over there longer. Um, one of the stories from the camp, so again, I was there two weeks, so it was kind of cool. So I got a, a week under my belt before our group came over, so I could kind of, you know, have a handle on things and answer any questions um, that they had. And so um, one of the weeks, so we had, um, we would do services, and then we would have breakout sessions and just talk further about what, um, whoever was talking had talked about. So, um, you know, given the gospel and just explaining things and any questions that the kids had. Um, and so this would have been um, Thursday night. So the kids had already had, you know, a clear layout of the gospel, and we were just able to, you know, talk to them one-on-one and different things. And so um, this one girl on Thursday night she was one of those girls where in the group you're not even sure if she's really paying attention or listening. So you're just kind of hoping like, man, I hope she's, you know, listening and, and getting this and grasping this. But you're kind of thinking like, yeah, she's like off watching a butterfly. So um, so Thursday night, uh, it was just so cool. We went into our small groups after the session and she was, you know, very, very quiet the whole time, very backward. Um, and Thursday night, she was like, man, like a flips a switch flipped. She was like a completely different girl. She was probably 12. And um, as soon as we got in there, so we gave all the kids um, New Testament Hungarian Bibles. Um, and as soon as we got in there, she raised her hand and she said, any verses you read, I want to read them in Hungarian out of my Bible. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's really cool. Like, you can definitely do that. So every verse that we went through, she read every single one and was, like, super excited and just wanting to participate and answer the questions. And um, after we were done, um, we would say to the kids, you know, if anybody has any questions— you know, we'll stay here and talk to you. If anybody's interested in, you know, giving their life over to Christ, we will stay here and do that too. So um, all the girls left except for her. Her name was Jofi, And 
um, she stayed and was just asking us all these questions, different questions about Jesus and just about how, like, even little things, like, if you steal something, can she still get saved? Like, does God still offer that to her? And, you know, we definitely told her, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Like, he will definitely forgive you. And um, so we just answered any questions that she had. And she um, wanted to stay then, and she wanted to get saved. And it was just so awesome. So we, you know, re-explained the gospel to her and make sure she got it, had a handle on it, and that it wasn't something that um, she wanted to do because it would make the Americans happy, anything just because her friends were doing it, but that it was something that she truly desired in her heart. And she said, yes, absolutely. Like, that's what I want to do. And so we were able to, you know, take her and pray with her. And, and she accepted Christ. And Amen. it was amazing. I mean, I can't even explain to you, like, the joy that I had for just this one little girl. If nobody else got saved, just the fact that she did would have been worth my whole entire trip. And... Um, after she was, after we were done, she gets up and she just hugs us and she's holding on to me. And she says, you know, thank you so much for coming all this way to share this with me, to give me (laughs) and offer this free gift that God offers me and to explain it to me that I wouldn't have been able to have otherwise. And she just was so, so grateful for, you know, just us coming over and sharing that with her. And I think I personally learned more than than she did. Like, I felt so blessed just to be able to have this opportunity to go over and and share with these kids the love that Christ has. And uh, one other thing is just, you know, Kayla and I, we just have such a passion for this place. And, you know, someday, hopefully, God willing, if this is where he wants us to be able to, you know, live over there and help these people and, and give them and show them the love that God has for them. And uh, one night towards the end, we do like a sightseeing day after we're done. And we were, it was nighttime. And um, we were just up on this higher place. You could kind of look out and just see the whole city of Budapest. And, you know, all the lights twinkling and everything in the background. And it was just beautiful. But, man, to, to be able to just look out there and see all those lights and know how many people are in this city, just this spot alone that I could see with my eyes, that need Christ and that need his love and don't know and, you know, maybe aren't going to heaven. I, I can't, I, I don't know, I just, I just feel this need to be over there and to share this love that they don't know. And I just, honestly, my heart's there, and I know Kale's is too, and I just cannot wait for the next opportunity for us to go back over there and to continue sharing God's love and what he's done for them for these people. Now that my wife is done preaching to you guys, uh, <laughs> she, she always gets so nervous, and then it's like, but you do awesome every time you get up there. I don't know why she works herself into a tizzy, but she does really good. Um, no, uh, so, so like Brooke said, we were there for uh, two weeks this year, which is great. Actually, it was almost three weeks because we showed up early and left a little later than everybody, but um, it was such a good trip. I'm so glad you got to hear from just some of our team. Um, like Jeff said, you know, there was... Um, there's 13 of us total, and, and man, I wish you could hear from all of them because everybody has stories to tell about how God worked and, and what God did in them and through them. And man, it was just, it was an amazing thing. It was such a great time to see God working in, in a place that He is so obviously drawing people to Himself. 
Um, we had 70 kids uh, both weeks, so there was 140 kids total. So we got to minister to these 70 kids, and we had translators um, who spoke the, spoke the language. We have this girl who lives over there. Um, she's actually Hungarian who lives in Romania. Um, there, there's a lot of Hungarians who live in Romania and surrounding countries, if you know anything about uh, the history over there and the Treaty of Trianon and stuff like that. Hungary used to be a big country, and then it got separated into a bunch of little ones. So there's lots of Hungarians living in countries around, and she lives in Transylvania, so that's a real place if you didn't know that. Um, and she is an awesome Christian, helps us get the translators every year, and, and uh, so usually a lot of our translators are saved. Some of them are not, if we have to have other people hire translators for us. So it's always interesting to see who you're going to get, um, you know what I mean? So it was cool. We had a lot of translators who love the Lord, and so that was really cool, um, th- and they were excited to get to help us do what we were doing. Um, and then the workers who come with the students are just people who work at the different institutions or orphanages. Um, so usually, they're, like 90% of the time, they don't know Jesus. Um, they're, they're either Catholic or they, you know, they don't believe in God at all. So you never know what you're going to get. And so it was really cool to see. We had several workers this year who told us they were saved. And, and I think two different ladies who had husbands that were like Baptist ministers. And it was like, it was just really cool to see that and, and how much help they were um, in just keeping the kids behaved and making sure that they were understanding um, what we were saying from the Bible. So man, it was just such a great week. Um, I always love it, and, and I think whenever you come back from any kind of missions trip, you tend to remember the high points and forget the low points because, man, it was such a great trip, and nostalgia remembers the fun times. Um, but, man, it, it, it's, it's not just a sightseeing trip. It's not just a, you know, missions trips, whether they're a week or, or a month, they're never just, you know, easy because you're going to the front lines, you know what I mean? You're going, you're leaving the place where you live, your comfort zone, like Jody said, and going to another place with the sole purpose of sharing the gospel with them. If you don't think Satan's on that, then you're just naive. You know what I mean? He's, he's trying to smother what you're doing. So whenever our team got there after us being there for a week, um, they, they came and I told them two things. I said, first of all, welcome to Hungary. They were tired and, you know, long plane travels and the six-hour time difference. They were, you know, just jet-lagging like crazy. And I said, man, welcome to Hungary. This is the place where half of my heart resides, and I'm so excited that you're here. But also, welcome to the front lines. Because, man, it, it is when, I mean, the first week we were there, we saw the enemy work in so many ways to try and throw punches and to keep kids from hearing the gospel. But like uh, Rodney and Andy said, God always counterpunched, and he always punches harder. And so it was awesome to see. I think we had 15 or 20 kids get saved the first week. Um, and man, the, the second week, you know, is funny because we're, we're, we're ready for the curveballs that the enemy threw at us the first week, and they were completely different the second week. We didn't have any behavioral issues really with the kids. There were a couple um, kids who, you know, were ornery, but nothing like the first week. And the second week was just a completely different set of circumstances that, that uh, man, just it, it completely knocked us off guard. I'll, I'll share it with you guys, and I was proud. Nobody really talked about it up here because we, we don't want to like put it on Facebook or anything because we don't want the camp to get in trouble. But I'll share it with you because it was something we didn't really expect. Um, we had a lice breakout. Um, these kids, when they come to the camps if, in Hungary, in most places, if a school or like a boarding home sends kids to a camp or something, it's usually required that they have some sort of a checkup, make sure that they don't have stuff like that. Well, one or two came with lice, and so it just, 
it always just shook things up. Like it was Tuesday night when they found out. So it was like we were getting ready to play a game and do an activity and we had to stop everything, check every kid. The workers are used to it because of the, you know, the nature of their job. So they helped a lot. But it just kind of broke everything up. And then uh, we thought we handled it, treated the kids, you know, got the shampoo and did all that. And, and then Thursday comes around. You know, Thursday is the day that we're really sharing the gospel. Because Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're trying to just build a case for who God is. The fact that he exists, why they need to know about this God. And then Thursday comes around and we're sharing his love for them and how he can conquer their sin. And, and that night, like before the service, like, in, like 30 minutes before the service when I'm going to share the gospel, um, the camp says, hey, we thought you guys dealt with the lice. There's still a couple kids who clearly have it. They got to go now. Like, like, like right now. You, you can't, you have to stop everything you're doing. And so we're just like, uh... Okay, so we're just kind of praying. We delayed the service, and luckily, I mean, the, the homes couldn't get the kids home that night anyway because the different institutions that send the kids, they would have to arrange the travel, so we'd have to wait till Friday anyway. So luckily, God was bigger, and they still got to hear the gospel, and, and I don't even have time to share with you all the stories of how that little thing just made everything all week harder. It just made everything harder because we never knew if kids were gonna leave. Like, every day it was like, are they gonna make kids go home? They're hearing the gospel, um, but God was always bigger, and even though those, uh, you know, those things happened, we still saw 28 kids get saved that week, which is amazing. Um, despite everything that happened that tried to distract kids, like even Thursday night as I'm preaching, all the kids are listening intently. It was amazing to see, because it's not always like that. They were listening intently, and as I'm getting to the point where I shared that cr- the cross can cover their sins, um, some kids were sitting on a table in the back, and the table just breaks. Just, I mean, the table just collapses, and, every, and they fall on the ground, and everyone starts laughing, and it's like, like, like are you kidding? <laughs> like, just in the middle? Uh, it'd be like if right now, you know, we're sharing the gospel, and a pew just breaks in half, and it's like, come on. Like, after everything that's happened all week, like, are you kidding? And, um, but God was, God was bigger, man, and kids got saved, and, and even though, you know, we were on the front lines, um, all of our team, they were willing to go out of their comfort zone. They were willing to... Um, do what Jesus did, and just to meet people where they're at, you know, in a different culture. And you know what? Europe's not that hard to go to. McDonald's serves espresso. It's not that hard. It's, it's pretty awesome, but you know what I mean? It's just different. Like they said, there's, there's language barrier. The, the outlets are different shapes, and just, you wouldn't realize it, but like all of those things after a couple days, they just start to irritate you. You're like, why can't this just be the same? Like, but, but that's God, or that's the enemy trying to use you, you know, get you in your flesh to prevent you from being effective. And they were so good at submitting to the Lord and just dying to self every day um, and praying hard about everything. It was so, so good. Um, I want to share just a, a short story with you that kind of actually goes back to last year. I've been going to Hungary in the summer since 2014. And uh, last year, in 2016, I met a, a girl whose name was Claudia. And she was 15 years old. And, uh, and she was like this tomboy girl who loves soccer. They all love soccer over there. But it's like, you know, she was like the super fan. She always had her, her messy um, jersey on. If, if you're a true American, you have no idea what that means. But he's one of like four like superstar soccer dudes from around the world. And she loved Barcelona and, and all this stuff. But she wouldn't talk to anybody. She was just shut down, reserved the whole week. And in her small groups, she especially wouldn't talk to many of the ladies. Like wanted nothing to do with that. 
And so I just started hanging out with her and poking at her. And like the easiest way to break a kid, girl or boy, who's like that, is just to poke at him and make fun of him and be like, why are you being such a mean jerk? <laughs> you know what I mean? And just, and just eventually they kind of lighten up a little bit. And, and eventually by the end of the week, by like Thursday, I could have conversations with her through a translator. Um, and she just broke down and shared, you know, the hard life she's had. And, you know, all of her family is either dead or in jail or a drug or a alcohol addict and and she's just had a hard life and the biggest thing that she could not wrap her head around is there's no if God exists there's no way he loves me because you have no idea what I've been through in my life and that'll break your heart man and that's what most of these kids had whether they were willing to break down the wall and say it or not most of these kids are there's no way that God loves me because x y z all of these things that have happened in my life the abuse the the abandonment all of those things just left them where they were and they live in a culture that's completely works-based salvation you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to pay this and you have to go here if you want to be saved and most of them just get fed up with it like I'm not doing that why would I do that when I don't even feel love from this God you're saying that I should work for you know and so they just shut down and someone else comes and and shares with them a similar thing so they hear that's why it's so hard to go into a catholic country and share the gospel because they know almost enough like like they think they know the same jesus as you and they've heard mary and jesus and all these names and they think they they think they that you're just another person coming to share what they know but but in five days you have to kind of show them that it's not the same God loves you even if you don't feel it and he sent his son to die for you and you don't have to work for it. And so I just shared that with her and, and by Friday of the last day she was crying when she was leaving and I was crying and it just, oh man. It, you know, these kids and all of the team can, can probably tell you that they just, they grow on you and you want to take them home and you're, you get home and you're Googling, how do I adopt a Hungarian 14 year old? And, you know, and it's just, it, they grow on your heart so bad because of, They've just never had someone show them love before. And um, so that was all last year. She didn't get saved or anything, but just the fact that she broke down walls was so big. I was, so I prayed for the last 12 months that God would just send somebody to water the seed of the gospel that was in her. It's like, I know I'm never gonna see this girl again, but God, send someone to water that seed, to let her get saved. If it's a missionary or a believing Hungarian something. And, uh, and it turned out that she was at the camp the second week, um, which which is totally bizarre because 99% of these kids will never see again in our lives. It's, they're, they're always getting new schools to come. They're always getting new kids to come because they want new kids to hear the gospel. And, and it's just, it's completely out of the ordinary that you would have repeats. And we had about three or four kids come that had been there last year and she was one of them. And this girl gets off the bus and, and I see her and she just hugs me. She's a different person. After five days of us last year, just loving her and sharing God's word with her. She was a different person. She, her walls were not there. She was, she met my wife. She wanted to meet Brooke because, you know, she would talk to me on Facebook and she met Brooke on Facebook. So she was so excited. She had an instant connection with Brooke just because of, you know, knowing me and meeting her on Facebook. And this was a different girl. She sat us down and she told me, I've stopped drinking, I've stopped smoking, I've stopped cussing, all these things. She's a different person, but she's still not saved. And so I'm just like, God, I, I was praising the Lord because I had no idea that I would be to get I would get to be the one to water that seed that was planted a year ago. It was, it was unimaginable. And then the week goes on, and, and I don't even have time to tell you it all, but basically by the end of the week, she doesn't get saved. Um, but she's hearing, she's listening, and she still has the same uh, you know, fears of, well, I, I believe you that God exists, but I just don't know that he loves me, and I don't know if I believe in an afterlife. And so I feel kind of defeated by Friday. I'm like, God, 
I, I thought you gave me this chance on a silver platter. Like, I'd be the one to get to lead this girl to the Lord and, and um, to lead, him, lead her to him. And, and he just kind of told me, man, just trust me, man. Just trust me. I let you water the seed. I let you plant the seed. And you know what? It might take five years for this girl to get saved, but who cares? You know, you're making a difference. This girl has had 10 days of Americans in her life sharing the love of God and the word of God with her, and she's a different person. She hasn't even gotten saved yet. I just, I can only imagine that, that Satan is really holding on to this one because I bet she's gonna do huge things for God once she gets saved. And it's not a question of will she get saved. It's a question of just when will she get saved because I know God's gonna do big things. And, and just, man, that's just a story of God's goodness and his faithfulness. And I know that whether... I, you know, I just had a, me and Brooke both had conversations with her Friday before she left and just said, you know, this is God's love. You don't need us to do this. You can get saved on your own if you understand this. So I just asked her to read the book of John, send me any questions she has in Hungarian. I'll, f- I'll get them translated. I'll email her back. Um, but it's just so cool to see God loving these kids. And really, the seeds that are planted, they're not going away. They're really sticking. And there's good soil over there and people who want to know. Um, and that's just amazing. Um, I'll close with this. You know, every time, like Brooke was saying, that I go to Hungary, it just, it gets harder to come home every time. I love where we live. I love, you know, this place. I love New Philly, but that, that place is just, there's something special. Um, and, and when we go there, it's not, it, I don't feel like I'm in a foreign country, even though it's obvious that you are. Like, I've been on other missions trips to other places, and kind of by the end, you're like, oh, man, I need to go home. I just need Taco Bell or <laughs> something. I just, I just need a cheeseburger, man. <laughs> and, but man, when I go to Hungary, like the last, we had a couple of days in Budapest after our team left, and I'm just walking around and starting to, you know, I've been trying to learn the language slowly over the last couple of years, and I'm starting to be able to get around, and, and I'm like, man, why do we have to leave this place? There's so many people here who don't know and are stuck in this works-based lie of salvation. And, and um, I, every year when we go, I, I, like Rook said, you get to just stand up at this vantage point where you can take pictures and you can see the whole city. And every year I just stand there for like 10 or 15 minutes and just take it all in. Because looking out over that city of two million pe- almost 2 million people, and the country has 10 million people, I know that that's just one city inside of one country on one continent, on this entire world, there's so many more cities with millions of people on the rest of this earth. And I look out there and I just say, man, it's so much easier to stay home and not do this. It's so much easier to not leave our comfort zone. It's so much easier to say, well, I'll, I, will, I will bankroll the mission and I will fund you to go on the mission. But as I stand up there and I just look and I just see for miles the people who don't know The internet, if you go on different places, they'll list that country as 70% Christian. But what they don't tell you is that it's 70% Catholic and only about 2% evangelical. And evangelical counts from Jehovah's Witnesses to Baptists to everything in between. So you've maybe got less than a percent of these people who really know the gospel. And you just look out and you figure most, if not all, of these people that I can see with my eyes are going to hell. Who's going to do something about that? You know? And yes, we can stay at home and we can say, well, I'll give money and I'll pray and that's great and we need people to do that. But man, can I just challenge you today that maybe God would send you? Maybe you could go? You know, there's a pastor whose name was Clifford Clark and I heard him quote, say a quote once that stuck with me that I wrote this in my Bible. He said, not everyone's called to be a foreign missionary, but everyone should struggle with the possibility. 
Not everyone's called, and sometimes we stop there and say, well, yeah, not everyone's called. You know, I'm probably not called either, but you should at least struggle with the possibility because, friend, when Jesus left this earth, he left us with a commission to go and preach the gospel to every creature, and how could you possibly know if you don't struggle with it whether God wants you to go live in another place and share it with people who've never heard? We, We have to struggle with that as Christians, and we have to think about maybe God would have us go share and go live in another culture, in another country, and share the love of God with people who have never heard. And, if, and if, if you're not going, that's okay. I'm not trying to guilt trip you. But man, like Jeff said, you are either a goer or a sender. You're, there's nothing in between. You either go as a missionary to share the gospel or you send those missionaries with your financial support, with your prayerful support, with, your, with all that's in you. We have to be a missions church And I know that we are, and I know that we care, but man, if you have ever thought that, well, I know that I'm supposed to stay, can I just ask you, how do you know that? (laughs) How do you know that? Because God speaks through the the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the church, and circumstances. Has he ever told you, yeah, stay right where you are? Have you ever said, God, I'll I'll do whatever, whenever, wherever, because if you're willing, he might not send you, but he can use you He needs willing participants. He needs open, empty vessels. And I think a lot of us in here, if we would at least consider the opportunity, then God would have us do even more, even right where we're at, just because he knows we're willing to go. You know what I mean? He just knows that we're willing to do whatever he has us to do. And he'll say, okay, well, that's okay. I never needed you to go there anyway, but I do need you to do this, and I needed to know that you were willing first. Maybe some of us aren't completely sold out to all that God has for us. And let me just tell you, in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says to his disciples in verse 37, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Are you willing to pray that way? Are you willing to just go see the field, man? I was so happy that so many of our church body, 11 people from our church, came to see the field that Brooke and I love, and most of them probably will never go and stay there, but they love this place now. And now I know that there's people in our church who love this place like I love this place, and they're gonna pray for us, and they're gonna pray for God to send more laborers. Man, will you pray that God would send more laborers? And And I'll just be frank with you, it's really hard to pray that way if you're not willing to be the answer to the prayer. (laughs) How can you possibly pray, God, will you send more laborers, but not me, send someone else? No, man. We need to be willing to be the answer to the prayer. And if you can honestly say, God, send people to the field, and if it's me, I'll go. You know what? He'll use you to do more than you could ever imagine, even if you never go. But it's all about your attitude and your willingness to do whatever God would have for you to do. So church, man, Hungary is just one country out of the whole world that needs to know the gospel. And you know what? There's people who live right down the street from us who need to know the gospel. Are you willing to pray that God would send more people into the harvest? And would you be willing to be the answer to that prayer? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. 